Good morning, and peace be with you. I'd like to direct your attention to our bulletin and go through that to highlight some. Yeah, go ahead, Jerry, but I'm not going to wait for you, so you just take your time. (laughs) Um, Next weekend is our work day, and uh, also on that same evening is dinner and a movie night. And the movie is called Courageous, and it's been out for a little while. It's put out by a, um, a church, actually, in Georgia, and they did a fabulous job. It's the second of, I don't know how many movies they got out now, maybe four or five. The first one was called Fireproof, and it was fabulous. Uh, Come, this is a neat movie. It'll be a fun night of uh, fellowship and food. There's dinner. And so come. It starts uh, in the evening time at 5 o'clock. And uh, I don't know, are we going to do the, the movie's going to be outside, right? So, uh, you know, we'll take advantage of the nice weather here. And uh, so come. Uh, The second thing I'd like to point out, or third thing I'd like to point out, is we're looking for council members, people to... uh, volunteer uh, some time to help us uh, manage this church and help the, cha- the church <coughs> manage me. So um, uh, I know that uh, a, a lot of you have been on councils before, um, and I hope that you could forget about that experience and come and look for a blessed experience uh, here with us, because uh, we'll have some people that will um, either time out or they've been on for so long, um, you know, if they wish to, to, uh, to go out, then uh, uh, we're going to need replacements. Now, I'm not inviting anyone on council right now to, to opt out. So don't get me wrong if you're saying that. I, I'm grateful for you. I, you know, sorry, <laughs> you just got on, Bob. <laughs> but thank you for prayerfully considering that. Uh, Sit and Be Fit is uh, moved to Tuesday mornings, and it still is a wonderful success. If you've uh, come and enjoyed that, continue to do so. If you've thought about coming and, and trying it, please, please make this Tuesday the day that you draw the line and say, I'm going to sit and be fit. And I think that has it, although I do recall from yesterday's uh, council meeting that we were going to talk about budget and if you have any items right Susan where we're going to if there's anything that you see that maybe the church needs to budget for um, would you drop a line to uh, Susan or Ashley or myself and um, you know we'll put it on the agenda to, to talk about so those kind of things would you know something that you think that we need to be doing that we're not doing right now and would require uh, a budget to do that. So, appreciate that. Let us now stand, and let us sing as unto the Lord. Our opening hymn is O Day of Rest and Gladness on page 251. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, 
Have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. He is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength. Honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might in the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are the good shepherd without whom nothing is secure. Rescue and preserve us that we may not be lost forever, but follow you, rejoicing in the way that leads to eternal life, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. First reading is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34, verses 11 through 24, and it's going to be found in your pew Bible on page 1341. Ezekiel is an Old Testament prophet of God who was prophesying around 570 B.C. as the Jews were rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem after it had been leveled by the Babylonians. So God gave Ezekiel a new prophecy for the Jews. Ezekiel chapter 34, beginning with the 11th verse. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. 
I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. As for you, my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another and between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock, and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now we will read Psalm 119, verses 169 through 176 responsibly, and it's printed in your bulletin. May my cry come before you, Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your laws sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. The third reading is the epistle from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 5 through 17, and this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1845. 1 Timothy, chapter 1, beginning with the fifth verse. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God which he entrusted to me. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. 
Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to be king eternal, immortal, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1623. Luke 15, 1 through 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and he loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. And I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house? And search carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. And in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I was given a picture today that I hadn't seen in quite some time, and it took me back to a time as a young father, nay, even as a young boy myself, and a time that I missed. When I was a little boy and when my boys were little boys, there was a time when they would be asleep and perhaps we were driving home or maybe they were on the couch, but it was time for them to be put in bed. And, and the same thing happened to me. And one of the things that it came up was a saying that somebody said, isn't it great when you were a child when you could be teleported to your bed? I mean, you didn't really know how you woke up there, but there you were. 
in your jammies, comfortable, safe, tucked in, having been kissed, prayed over, prayed for. Man, you know, what a, what a pleasure as a child it was to receive that. What a joy it was as a father to be able to do that. So that's my parable that I'd like for you to hang on to for just a moment this morning. And then we're going to dig into uh, the one that Jesus gave. Before we dig into the Luke passage this morning, I want us to know a little more about scribes and Pharisees, those experts of the law. You know, we think in terms today as scribes and Pharisees as the bad guys, right? Amen? I mean, they're the bad guys. They were, they were after Jesus. They were, they were listening to him and saying terrible things, and, and they even plotted together to, to kill him, right? But back in the day of Jesus and before, these people would have they would have been considered the good guys. I mean, really, they, they, they were the good guys. The scribes, the Hebrew word for that is sofarin, sofarin. And an equivalent of today's vernacular might be something like a secretary of state. This would have been in early B.C. They would have been responsible to carry out the dictates of the rulers, those who were their superiors of the time, in all things. They would have been overseeing all things of war and of law and civil disputes, etc. They were important people. They were feared. They were respected. They would have been in tasked with these things, the preservation of, the teaching of, the application of the law. So an example of someone you would know would be Ezra. Got his own book on the left side of the Bible. Ezra was a sofarin, a scribe, and you've heard of him. They were educated aristocracy. Highbrow. Educated aristocracy that was esteemed by the people. Perhaps like today, at a level of esteemed theologians. Esteemed theologians. I'll let you fill in who you think is an esteemed theologian. They were well respected. Further, the scribes were so highly esteemed by the people that there has been a story that was recorded. It's not in our scripture, the Holy Bible, but that there were people that had been known to follow away from a priest in order to follow favoring the teaching of the scribe. For the scribes knew the Torah forwards and backwards might say like the back of their hand. They knew every jot and tittle of it, every single book. They knew it. They were experts at reading it. They were experts at copying and transmitting the Torah. They were experts at teaching the Torah. Then we have the Pharisees. The Hebrew word for that is pharoshin or peroshin meaning the separated ones, the ones that were set aside. They were a religious and community brotherhood. They were separate from the Sadducees that, we were heard, that we've heard of, and we know why they were Sadducees, because they didn't believe in resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. But it's true. And they were also separate from the Essenes, these Pharisees, they lived a life of piety. A life of piety, outward 
visible that, look at me. I am really walking the walk. Can't you just see it? The way I dress, to the things that I eat, to the people that I associate with. Hold on to that. They were attempting to live a life in heart and at home that was similar to the way that the priests who were sanctified by God, the priests were truly set aside by God. They were trying to live that kind of a life that was really self-righteous observance of the law. Jesus called them, or well, I kind of blew that, I was going to ask you, who said, you are whitewashed tombs? Outside you are painted white and clean, but inside you are dead. That's what Jesus said about those people. The Pharisees would not interact with certain classes of people. Are you starting to see? You starting to see where this is going and why these people were upset with our Lord Jesus? One of them, or both of them, knew a fair amount about the Torah. One set knew it by the back of their hand, forwards and backwards. One set, that was their job to make sure that things were being observed. The other ones were set aside by the way they looked. And here is this person that is breaking all of the rules. He's with the wrong people. Sinners, <laughs> common folks, uneducated. He's wrong teaching and a disregard for the law. By the way, Jesus had healed on the Sabbath prior to this. It's like the world that the scribes and the Pharisees were living in was like what we call at our house opposite land. Sometimes that which you think should be the way things should be done are done opposite. And as a father and as a mother, sometimes Tracy and I just go, oh, <laughs> opposite world. Have you ever experienced that? Their world is being turned upside down and shaken out by this man, Jesus. But that's what you and I know is exactly how God works. They know, we know that that's exactly how Jesus works. And today, today we know about the good Samaritan. And we know about the bad Pharisee that walked by that man that was in need. But in that day, it would have been the good Pharisee who didn't stop because he was busy and he was on his way, he's not going to pick up a filthy, almost dead, naked man. And it would have been the bad Samaritan. He wouldn't stop and engage him either. So here we go. In Luke 15, they were upset because of who Jesus was sitting with. They were starting to get, in today's vernacular, triggered, air quotes, look who he's sitting with. Some would say commoners, uneducated. Others would say prostitutes, drunks, gluttons. And they both would say, and shepherds, as they hold their nose, shepherds. So Jesus starts it off <laughs> with this. Supposing that they are shepherds, he says, supposing one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, triggered again. These highbrow upper echelon folks that are judging Jesus for sitting amongst common folks, he just called them Shepherds. Upside down world. Opposite land. 
And in telling this parable, Jesus is causing these experts of Scripture, these experts of piety and observance of priestly sensibilities to look back to the Torah, to look back to, did you hear what Ken read today? Ezekiel 34. Jesus does the opposite. Okay, help Ken. Help Pastor Ken. These guys knew the Torah forward and backwards. They had formed in their own flesh and their own belief that some people were supposed to be associated with and some people were not. Remember, they knew the Torah forward and backward. Well, what does that mean in Ezekiel 34? For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search my sheep and look after them. The Lord is talking about being a shepherd. Kings of those days were referred to as shepherds. Why did they get the promotion that they gave themselves saying that they are not shepherds? That they're not responsible for all God's people. They've been entrusted this treasure of God's word and yet they're using it to divide themselves from, to judge unfairly others, to exclude God's people. And further in Ezekiel 34 to this morning, it says, As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. Jesus is pointing out to these guys that you're not doing your job. And that had to trigger them too. This Jesus is bad for business. People hold us in esteem. He's quoting Scripture. We know Scripture, and he's making us look bad that we didn't do our jobs. People have left priests to follow us, scribes, because we know this so well. Do you start to see why they were so upset with him? Jesus is bad for them. He's bad for sin. Further in the scripture of Ezekiel, it says, is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Didn't I give you enough? But you also have to trample on the rest of the pasture with your feet. Is it not enough for you to drink clear water, but you must also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink? They gave what was left over to God's people. They were failing their job, and Jesus was pointing it out. And finally, Jesus, in pointing out, he says, I'm the new David. The last part of our reading this morning from Ezekiel, it says that uh, I will place over them one shepherd. This is what the Lord says, my servant David, and he will tend them. Jesus is claiming that role as the servant of the Lord. He's claiming that role as the one that rescues. He's claiming that role as the one that goes after that sheep, grabs them, puts them on his shoulder, and carries them back and celebrates with them in that carrying back. In that carrying back. That is a vision of what we have Jesus on the cross and what he did for us. In that that shepherd leaving all to go after the one that is lost is really a picture of you and me. That he dropped it all in opposite land, leaving the 99 to come after the one, to rescue him, to heal him, to bind him. He does that in our baptism. What he's pointing out to these people is that indeed they were whitewashed tombs and they didn't like it, that their own self-righteousness was nothing, that they had been given a holy and sacred duty to care for God's people and they hadn't done it. And Jesus says, that's it, I'm doing it. And these ones that you have cast out, the weak, the ones with blemishes, are truly God's people. That's you and that's me. We have weak legs, we have blemishes, we have spots, what's called sin. And Jesus rescued you. Just like when I brought up this morning my teleporting part. There's my parable. Jesus 
took you and he took me like we were little ones. And whenever it happened, whether we were baptized as an infant or baptized as an adult, we were asleep. He grabbed us and he washed us with his word and his water in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He made us new. He clothed us. He cleaned us. And he teleported us from the grave to everlasting life with him. He took us lost sheep. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. He grabbed you and he put him, you on his shoulder and he carried you to the fawn. And he washed you. And then he set you down. He says, you are mine forever. Even though he knows that we're going to wander off. Every once in a while, he calls us and thank God that through our baptism and through his word and through the Holy Spirit that lives in us, we know his voice and we hear it. Today, we're going to celebrate the feast of the lamb. That's that feast that they talk about. You dropped 99, you went after the one, you found him, you swept up the place, lit up a lamp and found that coin. Now it's time to celebrate we get to celebrate a foretaste of the feast that is to come. This beautiful feast just for you and for me. The true body and the true blood of our Lord and Savior that imparts grace upon us. That assures us the salvation that we look forward to it. Because we are the sheep of his pasture. That's something to be excited about in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. In the name of Christ, let us pray to God the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy and righteous Lord, shepherd of the flock, grant such faithfulness to your church throughout the world that it may always confess and preach that all scripture is inspired useful for teaching and reproof. Fill it with your Holy Spirit so that it may penetrate itching ears with the pure doctrine of Christ, crucified and raised from the dead for the forgiveness of sin unto everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy. Your mercy. Lord, you who never slumbers nor sleeps, while your suffering church prays to you for help. Hear their cries and come to their aid, and through their faithfulness soften the hearts of their unjust judges and persecutors to repent of their evil and do what is right in your sight. We also pray for your missionaries throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy. Keep everyone in this congregation in your merciful care. Conform our hearts to your will and help us to bring our prayers and petitions to you with bold faith 
and persistent hope. Direct our ministers and programs to glorify you, to bear witness with friends, family, and neighbors to your holy and gracious word for their lives, and to live lives worthy of our high calling as your children. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for lawyers, judges, magistrates, and for all who make or interpret laws and administer justice in this country and throughout the world. Give them uprightness of heart and a passion for truth. Make them wise, fair, and impartial in their decisions. And through their work, grant that a measure of your own holy and gracious will may be accomplished in our midst. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, bless this war-torn world with your peace and give it wise leaders to do justice, love mercy, and to walk humbly in your sight. Look with kindness upon the humble and destitute, the widow and orphan, and all to whom justice has been denied. Keep us mindful of their cries and move us to act with compassion and with tangible help so that together we may enjoy the gifts you have bestowed on all your people. Lord, in your mercy, watch the coming and the going of those in our military and of all who risk their lives in the service of others. O Lord, come to their aid. Fill them with courage and righteousness. Deliver them from peril. And when they return home, use their gifts to benefit our communities. Lord, in your mercy. Hear the cries of all who are afflicted in any way, Lord, especially those we name before you, either silently or out loud. Bring them safely through their travails. <coughs> Reunite them with all who love them and give them an unconquerable faith in your gracious care. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we thank you for our loved ones who have died and are asleep in your arms until we are reunited with them and with all whom you have redeemed. Keep us steadfast in faith, persistent in prayer, and attentive to your true and holy word. And whether we walk this earth when your son returns in glory, or whether we have died awaiting the fulfillment of your promised mercy, grant that we may enter into your presence in the company of all the saints and forever worship, praise, bless, and adore you for the love you have shown us through Christ Jesus, our Savior. Lord, in your mercy. Your mercy. Into your hands, merciful Father, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave 
And by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord.
Will you please stand? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us sing as unto the Lord our closing hymn as our God reigns.
Be to God.